0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Kapow Radio Show. Today is Monday, February 26th, and we're continuing in our study on the death and afterlife aspects, the biblical perspective of it. And Today we're going to talk about the underworld and clear up some of these names and titles that we have in the Bible about the underworld and kind of explain them a little better and uh, the differences of... Um, Sheol, Hades, you know, Tartarus, the underworld, things like that. And we're going to cover five departments or prisons for departed souls and spirits. Once again, you know, if you haven't listened to the first two on this series, you need to familiarize yourself with the first two. Because we talk about all these things, the resurrection of the body and the death of the body. So we're going to talk about five departments or prisons for departed Or separated souls and spirits. Not the physical grave for the physical body. That's for the seen world. We're going to talk about the unseen world. So only the uh, lifeless physical body goes to the grave. It's the seen world. A sepulcher, a grave, cremation, whatever you want to do. But the inner man goes to the unseen world. The unseen world. And that's what we're going to talk about. The first one we're going to talk about is Tartarus. Tartarus. We're taking it in order from like, um, from ancient to, uh, you know, after Christ did. So it's an order. Tartarus goes back as far as we, we know. And the second one will be paradise. We're going to talk about paradise. And the third one, the third one will be hell or Hades in the Greek. Sheol in the Hebrew, Gehenna as an idiom. Hell, hell, we say hell in um, English, hell. And then we talk about the abyss or the bottomless pit. And then lastly, uh, the lake of fire. So all these are real places and they all have specific purposes to them. All right. So let me start off with an article. All right. Is Ms. Kapow there? Okay, Ms. Kapow is here. She's uh, busily working on some scriptures while I read this article. So let me start off with this article from the National Geographic. And it's entitled, These People Believe Death is Only Temporary. Transhumanists Believe in a Future of Human Immortality. A Community in Russia is Working to Make This Happen. It says in a small white warehouse two hours north of Moscow are 56 dead people who hope to live again. Their bodies are upside down, their blood fully drained from their arteries as they wait, immersed in negative 196 degrees Celsius liquid nitrogen for the next 100 years. What they're waiting for is a new life or a continuation of the one they already lived. Many of the bodies belong to people who reach the end of their life naturally, unusually, uh, and at an advanced age, they made the decision to be cry- cryo-preserved before they died. Or in some cases, their family signed the paperwork post-mortem. And they paid $36,000 to, yeah, to freeze their loved one's body. Boy, this is a scam, isn't it? Because um, <laughs> I posted this on Facebook and I put, if they would just listen to this show they can get it for free, eternal life, and have the peace of mind too. So it's nuts. Thirty-six grand to freeze their loved one's body, or eighteen thousand for just the head. And the standard term is for a century, which can perhaps be extended to be determined based on where science leaves us in the twenty-second century. What a, what a crock! Waiting on research advances is the rationale behind cryo-preservation, and more broadly, a worldview known as transhumanism, a person killed by cancer or heart disease could reasonably be revived in a future when such elements no longer exist. They believe in the advance of technology. Uh, this guy visited the transhumanist and toured the facilities of Russia-based cryonics. The company is called Creole Russ. And he says, they hope that somebody will wake them up. This hope <laughs> that the future will vanquish the ills of the present is as old as the first civilizations that realized that with each passing year, life got a little better. The Russian philosopher Nikolai Fedorov helped create an early 20th century movement known as cosmism that was rooted in the idea that given enough time, humans could defeat evil and death. Cosmism, if the human lifespan was too short, then the simple solution was to extend it even after death and suspend its decomposition until the world caught up. More than a century later, Federal's cosmism has transformed into transhumanism. The notion that technological advancements can overcome the limitations of modern humans. 21st century transhumanism tends to be rooted in Russia but it has tentacles all over the world of cryo Russ's 56 frozen bodies. Almost a quarter are foreigners, Italians, Ukrainians, Americans, Israeli. There's also 22 pets, including dogs, cats, and at least one chinchilla. Yeah. That they want to bring. <laughs> within a hundred years, they want to bring this chinchilla back to life and, and do What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Not everyone who's a transhumanist wants to be cryopreserved. Most of them are just interested in the technology. Cryonics also is not the sole tool of transhumanism, although it does stand out as the most reliable technology, really, to stop a body from decomposing. James Bedford is the first person to be cryopreserved. He succumbed to kidney cancer in 1967, and his body remains frozen in an Arizona facility, reportedly unchanged 51 years later.
1: Well, I'd like to see some photos of that that'd be sweet
0: <laughs> outside the movies however there is yet to be a person successfully cryogenically revived mm-hmm. which likely means that the illustrious disease-free utopian future of immortality is yet to revive if it does arrive at all but among the sky-high expectation expectations and hopes that define the movement this guy observed that one quality in relatively short supply is impatience. The fifty-six inverted bodies at Cryo Russ's frozen purgatory didn't seem to be in any rush. So I wanted to read that because, well, the world—they're mm. <laughs> still busy trying to live forever.
1: Yeah, they're—they're they're trying to get into heaven through another door. Absolutely.
0: And it's the same old lie of the uh, serpent. Right, Ms. Kapow? That's right. And uh, he's been saying the same thing since the Garden of Eden. Thou shalt not surely die. And, uh, of course, there's always been a physical death. But it's that spiritual death. Oh, you surely won't die a spiritual death. And you do. And you certainly die an eternal death if you die a spiritual death here on Earth. If you don't know what I'm talking about, listen to last week's show, please. Mm -hmm. Because they're building on each other here. Building on each other. Okay, so let's start with the five departments of prison. All right. Mm -hmm. These are where the separated souls and spirits go, the unseen world, right? right? So let's start with Tartarus. and we'll read the Bible first, and then we'll go and we'll look at some Enoch and Jubilees to kind of flesh things out.
1: 19.
0: So 1 Peter
1: 3.19. Says, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison.
0: And they're talking about Christ here. Peter's talking about Christ, who um, was put to death for our sins and the flesh, but was made alive in the spirit. Mm -hmm. And then Peter says, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison. How about verse 20? Could you read that
1: one too? Do you have that? Which sometime were disobedient when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was a preparing, wherein few, that is eight souls, were saved by water.
0: Okay, so we have a hint here that Christ went and preached to the spirits in prison and the and 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 then the clue is that they were sometimes they were disobedient when God waited patiently in the days of Noah where the ark was being prepared. So we're gonna find out who were these spirits that he when they say preached, it's like declared. You know, it's not like preach like you go to church and hear a guy preach. It's to to herald or officiate as a herald to proclaim. Mm. And what he's doing is proclaiming. His uh, defeat over death, hell, and the grave,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and over these spirits—they're—they're they're, what they are—is they're fallen angels, and we'll show—we'll show that to you. How about Second Peter two four?
1: Second Peter two four says, "For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness, to be reserved unto judgment." So that word there, hell,
0: translated hell, hell is Tartarus. It's not Hades. In the Greek, Hades is translated hell in the English Bible. So here, they didn't know what to do, apparently, and they decided to translate it hell, but it's not hell. It's it's Tartarus. It is a separate place. Two different things. So it should read, for if God spared not the angels that sinned, what sin was at, mating, oh. with, mating with the daughters of men, mm-hmm. right? Creating a phylum, mm-hmm. but cast them down to Tartarus. Tartarus—it's the deepest abyss of Hades. Is to incarcerate in eternal torment. They're going to be held there until the judgment, where all wicked are going to be thrown in one big lake of fire.
2: Mm.
0: That's where, but that's where the fallen angels are held right now. That send. Um, against God there. That's right. And de- and and delivered them into chains of darkness. For how long?
1: To be reserved unto judgment.
0: Unto judgment. So when the judgment comes, they're going to be removed from Tartarus, judged, and then thrown into the lake of fire. And then we have Jude one six.
1: Jude one six says, "And the angels which kept not their first estate." But left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day.
0: So, all these are angels. Every passage we've read is about angels, and it's a, a specific, particular group of angels that were in the days of Noah before the flood. They kept not their first estate, they were watchers. Mm-hmm. They kept not their first estate but left that. What is the first estate? Their commencement, their their uh, their place, their beginning, their power, their principality, their rule. That's what it means, their magistrate. So they left what they're supposed to be doing and they made it with the daughters of men and created children which were hybrids. It went on before the flood and it's going on today. That's right. It went on after the flood also. So these are specific angels that were held in that punishment. So they left their own habitation. And Jude says, he's reserving them in everlasting chains under darkness until the judgment of the great day. Mm. Also, now check this out, because it goes hand in hand. In verse seven, Sodom and Gomorrah is mentioned.
1: That's right. It says, even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh are set forth in an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire.
0: And why do they go hand in hand? It's not just sodomy or homosexuality. They went after strange flesh, alien flesh. It was a breeding program, hybrid. That's what they got punished for. And that's what this world will get punished for also, because we're doing the same thing today. I just read you an article on transhumanism.
2: Mm-hmm. That's
0: just one aspect of it. They're, they're trying to change the human. Uh, and I think we have, let's see. I think that's it for the scriptures in Tartarus. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. All right. So let me go and give you a little background here in the book of Enoch. And this is going to shed just a little bit of, of light. Uh, This is chapter 10 in the book of Enoch. And this is after the, Fallen angels came and made it with the daughters of men, produced hybrids and a phylum and they uh, <laughs> they consumed humans and um, bred with animals. They, and they taught man uh, war and homosexuality and witchcraft and spirit binding and you know casting everything. Everything you see evil today, they they taught man that. And uh, so when this happened, the, the other watchers, the ones that were good, the holy ones, went to God. They went to the Most High and they, they spake and they sent uh, Uriel, which was an angel, to the son of Lamach, that's Noah. And they said to him, Go to Noah and tell him in my name, hide thyself and reveal to him the end that is approaching. There's going to be a flood. Mm -hmm. that the whole earth would be destroyed and a deluge is about to come upon the whole earth and will destroy all that is on it. And now instruct him that he may escape and his seed may be preserved for all the generations of the world. Him and his sons were the last humans. Everybody else had been uh, corrupted and defiled. You can read it for yourself. Get the book of Enoch, the Charles version. Um, Charles, don't read anybody other versions because... And again, the Lord said to Raphael, now this is important. He said to Raphael, the other angel, bind Azazel. Azazel is the lead angel that taught humans war, acrimony. That's the painting of eyelids. um, All this stuff, jewelry, (laughs) homosexuality. I mean, anything, Mm -hmm. everything's Azazel. In fact, Old Testament Israel had the scapegoat, which is Azazel. They put all the sins on Azazel and put him in the wilderness. This is where it comes from. Bind Azazel, hand and foot, and cast him into the darkness and make an opening in the desert, which is in Dudiel, and cast him therein. That's Tartarus, folks. That's darkness. You get the chains of darkness, the darkness?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Cast him in an opening. It says, and place upon him rough and jagged rocks and cover him with darkness and let him abide there forever, and cover his face that he may not see light. Okay, forever. But then it says, and on the day of the great judgment he shall be cast into the fire. Mm-hmm. And then it goes on and says, heal the earth and do this and do this, um, and you know, re, you, you know, get rid of the plague and so that people, so that humans won't perish through all the secret things that the watchers have disclosed and have taught their sons. It says, and the whole earth has been corrupted through the works that they were taught by Azazel to him ascribe all sin. Mm. And to Gabriel said the Lord, proceed against the bastards and the reprobates. Those are the children of the watchers and women. They're called bastards and reprobates. What's a bastard? A bastard is somebody without a father, a human father. It's They're bastards. They're, they shouldn't have existed. Angels are immortal and they made it with mortal women and produced these, Men of old, these uh, you know, all the Greek mythology. That's right. Zeus and Kronos, and they mm-hmm. produced these guys. So Enoch says against the bastards and the reprobates. What's a reprobate? Somebody who's against God. These these things can't be saved. They don't have they don't have the breath of God in them. They don't have um, godly souls or spirits. They're not they're not humans.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: They're just, they're continually evil. So he says, go against them, the giants that still existed. And against the children of fornication. Now, remember what we just read in, in Jude about Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm-hmm. Who were they fornicating with? Strange flesh.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So go against the children of fornication and destroy the children of fornication and the children of the watchers. Right here, it tells you who they're talking about. Children of the watchers, the fallen angels. Fallen from their first estate. From amongst men and cause them to go forth. Cause what to go forth? Their spirits, their souls. Kill them, kill their physical bodies, their spirits go forth. Send them out against the other that they may destroy each other in battle. So the giants fought each other, just like the Greek myths have a lot of the the battles of the Titans and Olympians, and killed each other. It says, for the length of days you shall not have, and no request that they or the fathers make of thee shall be granted unto the fathers. Now listen to this, for they hope to have an eternal life. The article I just read you about transhumanism. Mm-hmm. What do they want
1: to do? Yeah. Live forever.
0: Yes. It's demonic. These are demons, by the way, they're, they're disembodied spirits that were separated from their giant bodies have become earth spirits. They're wicked spirits. There are demons. And it says they wish to have eternal life and that each one of them will live 500 years. And the Lord said, go buying some Maja and blah, blah, blah. So it goes on. And, uh, it says, so bind all these fallen angels. This, uh, their, um associates that uh, united themselves with the women, defiled themselves with all uncleanness. And when their sons have slain one another mm-hmm. and they have seen the destruction of their beloved ones, then bind them, the angels, fast for 70 generations in the valleys of the earth. That's Tartarus. Till the day of their judgment of their final consummation. Tartarus only contains these particular fallen angels till the judgment that is forever and ever is consummated. See, then they're thrown in the lake of fire, totally punished for eternity. And it says, in those days, they shall be led off to the abyss of fire that's the lake of fire and to the torment and the prison in which they shall be confined forever. And whosoever shall be condemned and destroyed will from thenceforth be bound together with them to the end of all generations. That's humans. Whosoever else is condemned and destroyed. Abaddon shall be thrown. The lake of fire wasn't prepared for humans. It was was for Satan and his angels. Right. But people are going to go there at the end. And then it says, and destroy all the spirits of the reprobate and the children of the watchers. They're spirits. See, they're disembodied spirits now because they have wronged mankind. Destroy all wrong from the face of the earth and let every evil work come to an end. And let the plan of righteousness and truth appear and blah, blah, blah. So it sounds like in the book of Enoch that, you know, all the, it um, was a command to destroy all the spirits. And so we wouldn't have demons today. Well, that's not the case. mm mm-hmm. Um, they were destroyed physically, but obviously their spirits still roam around. And we see that later on in Enoch too. But uh, let me real quick read you, uh, let's go to the book of Jubilees. Hmm. And I think this is chapter 56 and seven uh, and on. It says, uh, and it came to pass when the children of men began to multiply in the face of earth, daughters born unto them, the angels of God, that's the watchers, saw them on a certain year of this Jubilee. And they were beautiful to look upon and they took, you know the story. Genesis, <laughs> you know the whole story. And they, uh, they produced um, these Nephilims, these, these giants. So they corrupted their way and all their orders. They began to devour each other, and lawlessness increased on the earth. And every imagination of the thoughts of all men was continually evil. And God looked down, and behold, it was corrupt. And all flesh had corrupted its orders and all that were upon the earth. And it was evil. God says, I shall destroy man and all flesh from the earth that he created, but he's going to save Noah. All right. Now here's Tartarus. He was exceedingly wroth and he gave commandment, um, all obviously to these other angels, Gabriel and Uriel and everything, to root them out of all their dominion, the fallen angels. They left their first estate and he bade us, this is the angels talking, to bind them in the depths of the earth. There's Tartarus. And behold, they are bound in the midst of them and are kept separate. There's different compartments down there. Tartarus is a separate one. And against their sons, that's the Nephilim, or what we have our modern day demons, went forth a command from before his face that they should be smitten with the sword. They went to battle, just like Enoch says, and removed them from under heaven. And uh, anyway, so God says his spirit wouldn't always strive with man, And he sent his sword into their midst that each should slay his neighbor. And they began to slay each other till they all killed each other. And their fathers, the angels, were witnesses of their destruction. And after this, they were bound in the depths of the earth, that's Tartarus, forever until the day of the great condemnation when judgment is executed on all those who have corrupted their ways and their works. Therefore, Uh, so therefore, um, he destroyed all this, this wickedness, right? So these, now, so it looks like, okay, cool. You know, all the all the giants are gone. They're disembodied spirits. Take in fact, in this passage, it doesn't say anything about the disembodied spirits, just the physical bodies of the giants. So, real quick, we're gonna move on here, but it's important to, to lay down this foundation. Go to the book of Jubilees. Oh my goodness, what chapter is this? I don't even know. It doesn't matter. Uh, And it says in the third week of this Jubilee, the unclean demons. So now we're now we're hearing about demons in an ancient book. And it says unclean demons begin to lead astray the children of the sons of Noah Hmm. and to make them err and destroy them. So we have the first thing in an ancient book of Jubilees about demons or disembodied spirits. And it says, and the sons of Noah came to Noah and they said, hey, you know, these demons are attacking us. They're leading us astray, blinding and slaying our sons and their sons. And so Noah praised this prayer before God. I'm not going to read it, but he prays this thing. And so he asked um, God to do something about it. And in verse five, he says, and he's talking to God, and thou knowest how thy watchers, the fathers of these spirits. And that's why I always, that's why I always teach That demons and wicked spirits and our spirits are the disembodied uh, spirits of the Nephilim, the giants. Some teach their pre-Adamites, you know, other things like that. That I don't know about, but from the book of Jubilees, book of Enoch, that's what these demons came from. And I personally believe that. And it says, thou knowest how thy watchers, the fathers of these spirits, acted in my day. And as for these spirits, which are living, see, they're living, they're living entities. They're living spirits. They're disembodied spirits. He says, imprison them and hold them fast in the place of condemnation and let them not bring destruction on the sons of thy servant, my God, for these are malignant and created in order to destroy and let them not rule over the spirits of the living for thou alone canst exercise demons. I mean, dominion over them. Let them not have power over the sons of the righteous from henceforth evermore. Sounds good, right? Mm-hmm. So the Lord God bade us, the angels, to bind them all. But now check this out. And this is in Jubilee. So I can't tell you if this is true or not. But if you look around, there's no doubt that you still have demons here. Yeah. So in the book of Jubilees it says, and the chief of the spirits, Mastima, Mastima, it's the exact Mastima and Satan are the exact same person being Mastima means animosity, in Hebrew mm. the word Satan means adversary it's a it's a proper name and it means the same thing mastima is to tempt accuse and destroy men that's that's his job and mastima or Satan came and said to God Lord creator let some of them remain before me and let them hearken to my voice and do all that I shall say unto them he, he needs he needs help He says to God, for if some of them are not left to me, I shall not be able to execute the power of my will on the sons of men. Mm. For these, they're talking about the demons of disembodied spirits of Nephilim, for these are for corruption and leading astray before my judgment. Mm. Mm -hmm. For great is the wickedness of the sons of men. Satan hates humans. He hates humans. And he's been trying to prove his point. For thousands of years, and he's done a pretty good job proving that we suck as a race. And he said, Let this is important, let the tenth part, that's ten percent, let the tenth part of them remain before him, and let nine parts descend unto the place of condemnation. So then God commanded one of the angels that they teach Noah medicines, for he knew that they would not walk in righteousness or strive in, in, in righteousness. And they did that and all the malignant evil ones we bound in the place of condemnation. I believe that place is the bottomless pit. Mm -hmm. I believe it's the bottomless pit because that's the one in Revelation that's opened up and the hordes of demons come out. That's where the beast comes out of. So they're placed in a place of condemnation, not Tartarus, not Hades but a place of condemnation, I believe it's the bottomless pit Mm -hmm. and a 10th part of them. We left that they might be subject before Satan on the earth. And anyway, so then they give Noah medicines for their diseases. That's what we talked about. I think on freedom Friday, we talked about maybe last week we talked about, um, Oh yeah. We talked about freedom Friday about, you know, people casting out demons using medicine and Mm -hmm. herbs and things like that. So Mm -hmm. this is where it comes from. Uh, so anyway, (laughs) there you go. So that's, Tartarus. Is that clear what that is? Yep. No humans are there. Only these fallen angels from this specific place. Yeah, it's, it's a fascinating study in itself.
1: It's a holding cell.
0: <laughs> yeah, it absolutely is. Uh, so the next one is. It's a. Paradise. 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 Do you remember um, the That's... thief on the cross? Mm hmm. And, um, you know, they're mocking Christ. And this, this one thief says, Lord, you know, remember me today on your kingdom. Mm-hmm. And Christ says, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. That's right. It's a separate, it is a separate compartment that's now empty. Let's talk about that. Luke sixteen nineteen through 31.
1: Do you want me to read that?
0: Well, you know what? We read it last week, but people may not know, huh?
1: Well, it's up to you. Let, Let me, have
0: it. how about I just summarize it?
1: Okay, you, that's fine.
0: This is the story of the rich man and Lazarus. And Lazarus dies and the rich man dies and the angels carry Lazarus to Abraham's bosom, that's paradise, and the rich man also died and he went to hell. Verse 23 says, "And in hell, and the word there is Hades, the Greek word is Hades. It's the same as the Hebrew Sheol." And in hell, this rich man lifts up his eyes and he sees Lazarus in in the bosom of Abraham and he says, Man, can he dip his finger and help me out? It's hot. This is torment. And the story goes on that we can't. There's a great gulf. We can't get to you, this and that. And uh, so the rich man says, I'm in torment in this place of fire. And he's asking someone to come from the dead and warn his family. And Abraham says, you have Moses and the prophets. You won't listen to that. You won't, you know, listen, Mm -hmm. period. Okay. So that's what that story is about. Luke 16, 19, uh, you can look that up yourselves we read it last week and um, I just can't take the time to keep doing that Luke 23:42 let's see here what oh, was that's, it that's the thief of the cross uh 23 I'm sorry 23:43 oh I started at verse 22 though I mean 42 gosh I can't
1: think <laughs> <sighs> Okay, 23:42 through 43 KJV okay let me see here I have it I have it right here. Okay. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, verily I say unto thee, today shalt thou be with me in paradise.
0: And the Greek word paradise is not Hades. It is uh paradisos, something like that. It means a, a park like a like a, a garden of Eden. Probably mm-hmm. is Eden. You know, it's a grand preserve, it's a shady, it's a park, it's nice.
1: It's Like an orchard.
0: Yeah. Yeah, nice. So here it's a place paradise is a place of non-torment a place where the righteous would go to be shielded from God's wrath but were still held captive in the place by Satan.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You see when man fell in the garden and Satan says thou shall not surely die he lied and men do suffer spiritual death and will suffer eternal death. And so Satan had the power of death and he had the power to hold captive these souls and spirits for eternity. Even though they're in paradise, Satan held them captive. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: It was his show. And he held them captive against their will. They could never be with God. When Christ conquered death, hell, and the grave, those three, dig it, death, hell, and the grave, He took those captives and he made them free and he took them with him directly to God because his atoning work now made them righteous before God and everybody else who's righteous in Christ who dies goes directly to heaven and not paradise. We're no longer bound and prisoners of Satan, All right?
1: Praise the Lord.
0: So how about Ephesians 4, 8-11? Yeah.
1: Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers.
0: Amen. You see that? He ascended up, but first he had a descend.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And he also gave gifts <laughs> to men when he came, made some teachers, apostles. Uh, it, it's a huge thing. Christ's work is huge. Jesus is the real Jesus, not the Jesus you know, that you're hearing about in your church or um, American Christianity or cultural Christianity. There is a real biblical Jesus and he has he done a marvelous thing. Amen. How about Psalm... 68? 68.
1: Since thou hast ascended on high, thou hast led captivity captive, and thou hast received gifts for men, yea, for the rebellious also, that the Lord God might dwell among them.
0: Boy, that sounds just like Ephesians, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Huh. And then Hebrews three fourteen and 15.
1: Oh, let's see. I don't know if I had a 14... Hold on. I do.
0: Oh, okay. Uh for we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. The point here is that we're made partakers of Christ. Christ emptied paradise and is now seated up in heaven. Mm-hmm. So it says while while it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. So that's what that's why that scripture is used. All right. Alright. Mm-hmm. Okay, then uh, let's see. That's the
1: That's paradise. Paradise.
0: The- so does that is that clear? Tartarus, fallen angels, mm-hmm. specific time frame of fallen angels are in Tartarus waiting to judgment. Paradise is now empty. Satan held the keys of death in the grave in Hades. Satan is in charge of the underworld. And when man rebelled and disobeyed God, he experienced physical death, spiritual death. And if he wasn't righteous in, in God, in the Old Testament, he would experience eternal death eventually in the judgment. But the righteous people went to a place of non-wrath. That was, that was kind of like the best God could do for them. You know, it was mm-hmm. a place of non-wrath, but they weren't redeemed until his son came and redeemed them, mm-hmm. and then when when he, when they're made righteous through Christ, then Satan no longer holds those keys.
1: That's right.
0: We're, we're kind of spoiled now because we've always lived with Christ's work, but before Christ, it wasn't like this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Death was something to be f- fearful of. Even if you went to paradise, you you still were you weren't with God. That's right, and your body wasn't gonna get resurrected. So you're you're just kind of like an immortal spirit and soul with no body. Mm-hmm. Okay, the next one is hell. Hell, hell, hell. Sheol. Yeah. So that's gonna be Matthew 16, 18. Mm-hmm. But hell in the in the Hebrew scriptures is Sheol. When you when you read Sheol, that's Hades or Hell. In Greek, it's Hades. Now, sometimes you'll see the word gehenna. Gehenna mm-hmm. is also hell, but that's an idiom. Gehenna was a refuge dump um, where the ancient Jews would put their trash and burn it in this valley of Henan, valley of Henan. and there was always perpetual fires there because they were constantly burning the trash. Mm-hmm. And that became an idiom or a um, you know, it like uh what hell would would look like to them so a lot of times they say you know Gu- guiana or lake of guiana because of of that mm-hmm. so guiana is not a real place in in the underworld but it's used as an idiom of it idiom of it right that makes sense mm-hmm. okay matthew 16 18 18 18.
1: says and i say unto also unto thee that thou art peter and upon this rock i will build my church And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it.
0: The gates of Hades, the gates of Hades. It makes sense now because hell or Hades did prevail against the righteous. They were held against their will in paradise. And when Christ built his church, when Christ did his work, the gates can't hold. Don't think about the gates like keeping you out. The gates keeping you in. Mm -hmm. They can't, they can't prevail against it. All right. And uh, so that's what that is. And what else did we have there? Uh, the
1: Luke 16, 19 through 31 again.
0: Which we already read. That's right. the, um, the, the, the... The rich man and... Yes. The rich man and the poor man. hmm Okay. So hell or Hades is still active. See, it's not empty. Only paradise is empty. And when you read Luke 16, you see that there's a great gulf. Uh, Enoch also talks about this too, in the beginning of of the book of Enoch, all these different compartments. There's a great gulf there. You can't, one can't get to the other. So paradise is empty because Christ did his work, but hell is still a place of torment and it's hot. There's fire there. Mm
2: -hmm. So
0: it is a compartment there. It's, it's in, it's Sheol Hades. It's where the wicked go after physical death. And then after the millennium is over, they will be resurrected and given a immortal body judged for everything they did on earth and then thrown into the lake of fire for eternity where the worm doesn't die and the smoke never quits and all the righteous will be able to look down and see them in eternal torment. Mm -hmm. That's what the Bible says. It's not happy, clappy, you know, Chase the blingy keys in your crib, Christianity. This is the real deal. Right. God's a righteous judge, and this is his righteousness. He gave us a way out. It's nobody's, it's not his fault. It's our fault if we don't embrace that way out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, simple That's as that. That's the judgment. It is the judgment. So Hades and hell, well, they'll all be thrown, death and Hades. Sheol hell will all be thrown into the lake of fire mm-hmm. at the end. So what you have to understand, if you, if you die as a Christian, a born-again Christian, and you've received eternal life and you're spiritually alive, then when you die and separate from your body, you go directly to heaven to be with God in Christ, but you're disembodied. You don't have a tent yet. And then on that last day, there's a there's a resurrection. And I don't know how God does it. I don't know how it works. But those those bodies, whether they're burned or cremated or put in the ocean or buried or you know, turned to dust, that body is resurrected new. And then you reenter that new immortal body. You become like the angels. Mm-hmm. You become immortal. See, God's not going to make you immortal unless you can pass the probation down here. You understand that? If you're still sitting down here, He's not going to give you immortality up there. Mm -hmm. The angels were immortal and they sinned. So when you get that immortal body and you're a Christian, then you live forever in the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. But the opposite is true. And then say the millennium happens, right? Mm -hmm. Satan is bound for a thousand years. The millennium happens. And after the millennium, the wicked dead, same thing happens to them. They're raised up. And then reunited with an immortal body. They're judged and put in a lake of fire and it's over. Satan's also put in there. All of them are put in there. That's that's the end result. And that's that's how it goes chronologically. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Uh, where Do you, are you want we me
1: to read um, Revelation 20? Yes, please. Um, it starts with verse 11 and it says, And I saw a great white throne. and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, and whosoever was now found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire.
0: See, now it makes sense. When you read that stuff, you're going, what do you mean the second death? Did I miss the second? Did I miss the first one? No. You're going to die physically and be separated from the body. When God resurrects your body, when he returns in judgment and there's a resurrection, those Christians that are alive and haven't died will be caught up in the air to meet those of us who are dead. According to Paul, see? Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And therefore Christ will be forever. We'll be immortals then. Then there is a, you know, there's a thousand years where Satan is locked up and there's peace on earth and everything. And then he's loosed again to deceive the nations. A thousand years. Mm. You're long gone, man. You're long gone. Thousand years. And then after that's all over, the Battle of Armageddon happens, all that stuff. Then the wicked are resurrected. The beast is thrown into the the, the, the lake of fire. Satan's judge thrown in there. All the fallen angels, all the demons, they're all going to this lake of fire. And all the wicked humans also in their immortal bodies. That's right. So basically become immortal fallen angels at the end of the day. And so that kind of, that kind of makes sense now when you read Revelation. So that would be the second death, the eternal death. Mm. Folks, that's not anywhere you want to be near. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I want to take a break and then we're going to come back and talk about the bottomless pit or the abyss. And then we'll finish up with the lake of fire.
1: All right, righty.
0: All right. We'll be back.
2: Demons in My Marriage Bed, a true story of spiritual warfare, changed the way my spouse and
1: I conduct spiritual battle and has increased our alertness level to the tactics of Satan. This is an excellent training manual for building a stronger marriage by exposing the tactics your enemies use against you. From all online digital retailers, God bless you all.
0: Hello everybody, we're back. Yay! Demons in My Marriage Bed, A True Story of Spiritual Warfare, Ms. Kapow, (laughs) is exactly about what we're talking today, about disembodied spirits of the Nephilim attacking individuals in a marriage. Mm -hmm. It's not just for married people. It's for everybody. The second half of the book, the first half is our testimony of what happened to us. The second half is what we learned in warrior school. It trains you. Yeah.
1: And that pertains to everybody.
0: Yeah, on how to fight these things. It's all scriptural. I'm telling you, it's it's really good because the information is from God's word and it works. Mm-hmm. We're proof yep. of it. So uh, demons in my marriage bed everywhere. Okay, we are talking about number four, the abyss or bottomless pit, mm-hmm. right? So first was Tartarus. That's where the... Specific angels in Noah's day are held until judgment. Yep. Then paradise, which was where the righteous went to a place of non-torment before mm-hmm. Christ. Christ emptied it. That's it's right. no longer there. They were captive and he took the captives free.
2: Mm-hmm. The
0: gates of Hades would not prevail against the Ecclesia, the called out ones. Then hell, Hades, Sheol, or Gehenna, Gehenna, all the same place. It's an active place of torment where the wicked people that die are separated from the physical body. That goes to the seen world, grave or sepulcher or cremation. Mm -hmm. The unseen world is Hades or hell. It's a real place and that's where they go. And when they're resurrected at the end of the day and reunited with an immortal body, they're judged and then will be placed in the lake of fire. That's right. So once you're there, it's too late. That's the spiritual death. If you die spiritually while in the body, you're screwed. And now we're going to talk about the abyss or the bottomless pit. Ew. I know. Okay. It looks like what? Luke
1: uh, eight twenty six. 26- and thirty one, mm-hmm. and it says, and they arrived at the country of the Gardarenes, which is over against Galilee. And when he went forth to land, there met him out of the city a certain man, which had devils long time, and mm-hmm. wore no clothes, neither abode in any house, but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him, and with a loud voice said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God, most high? I beseech thee, torment me not. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for oftentimes it had caught him, and he was kept bound with chains and in fetters. And he brake the bands and was driven of the devil into the wilderness. And Jesus asked him, saying, What is thy name? And he said, Legion, because many devils are entered into him. And they besought him that he would not command them to go out into the deep.
0: The Greek word deep is a besos like where we get abyss yes a besos it's depthless it's an abyss a deep or a bottomless
1: pit. i mean think about it bottomless yes so there's no bottom <laughs> uh-uh. it just keeps going Ooh, that's creepy you just keep
0: falling that's scary you just falling
1: oh that's awful
0: Yes. So this is the bottomless pit, the abyss. This is why I said earlier when I was reading Jubilees that I believe this is where, if if the story's true, that the 90% of the disembodied Nephilim were imprisoned in the place of condemnation in the bottomless pit. Because later on, as we'll read in Revelation, it's going to be opened, or if it's not already opened, it feels like it's already opened. And um, all these demons are coming out. That's where the beast comes from, too, by the way. The beast. I'm not talking the Antichrist. I'm talking the beast. The beast. Right? Uh,
1: Romans 10?
0: Yes. This kind of makes some sense.
1: Romans 10, 7 says, Or who shall descend into the deep, that is, to bring up Christ again from the dead?
0: Yes. This this is a little um, confusing sometimes because, I, like I, I was just telling Ms. Kapow, I hate just reading one scripture. I like to read them in um, context, but anyway, it's, um, it's talking about what God, what Christ did, uh, for people and that like Moses described righteousness of the law and that the man who does these things shall live by them, right? Righteousness. Mm -hmm. So Paul's saying the righteousness, which is of faith, that's us as Christ followers, Will not we won't say well? Who's going to sit in heaven and bring Christ down? You don't need to do that. Or who's Mm going to descend into the deep, which is the abyss? Not that Christ is down in the bottomless pit. It's it's an idiom. Who's going to go up way up to heaven or way down Mm -hmm. and bring Christ up? Okay.
1: Yeah, it's basically how how are they going to get saved? Yeah, who's who's going to do that? But Paul is saying, well, it's it's neither it's the word that's not uh, near you. It's in your mouth in your heart. And that by faith, when you confess Lord Jesus with your mouth and believe yes. in thine heart that he was raised from the dead, that's how you be saved.
0: A man. Well put. Beautiful. That's exactly what that is. It's faith. That's what you have to believe. You don't need to send to the heavens. You don't need to send to the bottomless pit. Mm-mm. It's by faith. Revelation 9, one. Wow. Bottomless pit. Once again, the Greek word is abyssos, abyss, abyss. Pit is just that. It's a pit. It's an abyss, like a deep well, bottomless pit. That's why I think a lot of the demons are there. Because the smoke comes out. They're like locusts upon the earth. And they're given powers of the scorpion. They can sting, Mm -hmm. you know. They can sting. And guess what? They torment everybody who doesn't have the seal of God in their foreheads.
1: That's
0: right. <sighs> but they don't kill, but they torment.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm. And then uh, Revelation 11, 7 says, And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them.
0: Talking about the uh, three witnesses. Mm-hmm. Yep you notice that the beast comes out of the bottomless pit also?
1: hmm
0: And after you read Jubilees and stuff and you see, um, if it's true, 90% of them go there and 10% were left on the earth, it gives you a different perspective on the beast. Yeah. You know, because all these books that are written, well, he's, he's going to be Muslim. The beast or the Antichrist is going to be Israeli. The beast or Antichrist is Trump. It's Obama, right? Well, he descends out of the bottomless pit, so he can't really be human. Mm-hmm if you're if you equate the beast with uh this antichrist figure which it's all confusing because never mind
1: revelation 17:8 says the beast that thou sawest was and is not and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and into and go into perdition and they that dwell on the earth shall wonder whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world when they behold the beast that was and is not and yet is that's
0: right so they're the, going to be like, what is this? What is this? And he's going to ascend. He's going to come out of this bottomless pit. So he doesn't come from Syria. He doesn't come from America. He doesn't come from the European Union. He comes from the bottomless pit, mm-hmm. which is a real place because there's demons down there. Yep.
1: And then Revelation 20 continues on and says, And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent which is the devil and Satan and bound him a thousand years Mm -hmm. and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. And blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection, on such the second death hath no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and shall reign with him a thousand years. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison, and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea." And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And then the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever.
0: When you put it in chronological order, like we're doing, this stuff really makes sense. So you have some demons in the abyss or the bottomless pit. The angel that's opening it up is called Abaddon in Hebrew or Apollyon in Greek, and we're going to look at those words here in a little bit too, Abaddon, because um, it's it's all tied into this abyss or bottomless pit. The beast comes out of it, and then you see uh, that Satan is judged, and he is put in this bottomless pit also mm-hmm. to fly around. He just keep flying around for a thousand years. Uh, but afterwards he's, he's released. He causes more havoc and then the final judgment. And then everything's thrown in a lake of fire. And it's, then there's a new heaven, a new earth. And yeah. That's, and what
1: we're all hoping for is that first resurrection. Yes.
0: You want to be in that first resurrection because no, well, that's the only one to be on.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So you, you want to die. If you die physically, you want to make sure you're in Christ, that you're spiritually alive so when you die physically, that your spirit is alive in Christ.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's uh, that's what you need to do. And um, if you if you die physically and you're spiritually dead, then there's no unringing that bell. You go mm-hmm. to hell until judgment, and then you go to like a fire and you are with all these guys, uh, forever. Uh, no, thank you.
1: No, Mm-mm. thank. you. And this is you. where we rejoice in this promise.
0: Mm-hmm. Amen. I mentioned uh, the angel, Abaddon. Mm -hmm. In Greek, he's called Apollyon. Apollo. Destruction, right? Destruction. So let's look at the Old Testament where this word is used.
1: Talking about it. Job 26, 5 through 6 says, Dead things are formed from under the waters and the inhabitants thereof. Hell is naked before him and destruction has no covering.
0: So in verse 6, hell, that's Sheol, which is the same thing as hell, Hades. Gehenna, Shul is naked before God, right? But the word destruction is Abaddon. Mm-hmm. It's a place. Abaddon hath no covering. This is the bottomless pit. Mm-hmm. So what he's saying is, hell is before him. He can see it, and that the bottomless pit has no covering.
1: Job twenty-eight twenty-two says, "Destruction and death say, we have heard the fame thereof with our ears."
0: Once again destruction abaddon the bottomless pit and death right mm-hmm. have heard the fame of god it's a real place with real consciousness
1: mm-hmm. all right um 30 job thirty-one, twelve says for it is a fire that consumeth to destruction and would root out all mine increase
0: a fire Destruction is Abaddon. It's a fire that consumeth to Abaddon. In other words, it's it's uh, it's huge. It goes mm-hmm. down to a, a bottomless depths. Bottomless depths.
1: Psalm eighty-eight, eleven says, "Shall thy loving kindness be declared in the grave, or thy faithfulness in destruction?"
0: And what this means is, shall thy loving kindness be declared in the grave? The grave is. The Hebrew word kibur, it means a sepulcher, a burial place, a real grave or a tomb in the seen world. So what the psalmist is saying, can it be declared with a dead body? No. And can faithfulness be declared in Abaddon? Destruction. Mm -mm. Abaddon. It's a real place. See, now these scriptures begin to come alive.
2: Mm -hmm. Amen.
0: Instead of just going declared in the grave and I fight faithfulness and destruction and then you move on. No, destruction is a real place. It's a place of destruction or ruin. It's Abaddon. That's right. It's the bottomless pit. And plus these scriptures show there's consciousness there. Consciousness. Yeah. Proverbs.
1: 1511 says, hell and destruction are before the Lord. How much more than the hearts of the children of men.
0: Hell is Sheol, Greek is Hades, the world of the dead, and destruction, Abaddon, a place of destruction, Rune, Abaddon. I believe the demons, the 90% of the demons are there right now until Abaddon, Apollyon open it up and they come out. Say hello. Well, the way the world is, I think it's already opened. But uh, yeah. I, I don't, don't quote me on that, but it feels like it.
1: Yeah, it does. <laughs> Hebrews 27.20 says, Hell and destruction are never full. So are the eyes of man are never satisfied.
0: Hmm, very good.
1: But, you know, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Because if it's like the bottomless, it doesn't have a bottom. Of yes. it's never going to be full. I mean, it's just going to keep going. That's right.
0: You know, yeah. So it's just, a lot of times it's used as a, like an idiom, mm-hmm. you know? the bottomless pit okay last but certainly not least this is the last on the judgment train so you have tartarus where you have the fallen angels specific fallen angels you have paradise where the dead righteous used to go now it's empty you have hell that's still an active place of torment for all wicked departed spirits and then you have the abyss or the bottomless pit which i believe Contains demonic hordes. The beast will come out of there. That's where Satan will be thrown for a thousand years before he's finally judged and thrown into the lake of fire. Right? Mm -hmm. Now, then the final stop on the judgment train is the lake of fire. There's no more five compartments. This is it. There's no more. The lake of fire is the eternal hell. It's the eternal punishment of all fallen Angels, demons, wicked men. It wasn't prepared for humans. It was prepared for Satan, Mastema, and all his fallen angels. And of course, their demonic offspring, Mm -hmm. the Nephilim. Humans were never designed to go there. So it's our fault if we do. Because the gospel has been preached since 2,000 years now. So we've got a lot of scriptures there.
1: Revelations 20 uh, verse 6 says, Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years.
0: Talking about us. Mm -hmm. So you want to have part because you're going to be blessed and separated holy in that first resurrection. Mm -hmm. Then you don't have to worry about the lake of fire, that second death. Come on.
1: Yep. And then it, we, we, uh, we already read the, um, Revelation twenty eleven through 15, but I can read it again. Sure. It says, and I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it and whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. Mm. And I saw the dead small and great stand before God and the books were opened and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in those in the books according to their works, and the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And the death and hell, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire.
0: Wow, that is the coup de grace. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty simple. Have your name written in the book of life. How do you do that? Faith in Jesus Christ.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Revelation uh, 21 8 says, But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and adulterers and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death.
0: Mm. And the fearful just out of explanation it means timid. They're faithless. Mm-hmm. I can't believe in Jesus. I don't have proof. That's that guy.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, okay then Revelation twenty two fifteen says, For without our dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters, and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie.
0: Mm. Now 14 right above it says, blessed are they that do his commandments that they may have right to the tree of life, become immortal and may enter in through the gates into the city. So you see that there's a contrast there.
1: Mm -hmm. And that tree of life right now is being protected or guarded
2: Mm -hmm.
1: by angels.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Because the first man had, had, it was there in the garden with him. Mm Mm-hmm. But disobedience uh, ruined that.
1: Matthew 25, verses 41 and 46 says, Then shall he say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Verse 46 says, And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. Wow. Mm. Revelation 14, 9 through 14 Reads, And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast and his image, and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation, and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascended up forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night, who worship the beast and his image, and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write. blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and work works do follow them. And I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and upon the cloud one sat like unto the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, and his hand a sharp sickle.
0: Man, And you can see there that the beast comes out of the bottomless pit. Mm-hmm. And those that accept that mark, that beast system, the system we live in today, become of the world, you are then marked with that, not sealed with God, not marked with God. It's imperative. I'm not mm-hmm. talking religion here. I'm talking um, biblical truth.
1: That's right. Difference. Uh, Revelation nineteen twenty reads, And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone.
0: Wow. Alive. Yeah. There's consciousness, there's no annihilation, there's no soul sleep, there's consciousness, and it's for eternity. Uh. Uh,
1: Revelation twenty ten through 15. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man, according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire.
0: That's why you want to be on the uh, the first resurrection.
1: Mm-hmm. And the uh, last scripture I have is in Isaiah 66, starting with verse 22. It says, For as the new heavens and the new earth, which I will make, shall remain before me, saith the Lord, so shall your seed and your name remain. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another and from one Sabbath to another, Shall all flesh come to worship before me, saith the Lord. And they shall go forth and look upon the carcasses of the men that have transgressed against me, for their worm shall not die, neither shall their fire be quenched, and they shall be abhor- an abhorring unto all flesh.
0: Wow. Wow. They're going to look upon the carcasses mm-hmm. of these people. Uh the body watch him burn man heavy stuff yeah well I hope that made sense five departments of the underworld and they're real yeah so unfortunately in today's cultural Christianity and western Christianity and all this happy clappy blingy nonsense that's going on not a whole lot of people talking about this
2: Mm-mm.
0: And it's vitally important for every individual to know and um so you know churches aren't preaching this. I don't know what they're preaching, you know so anything else, Miss Ca? Nope, okay, let's get out of here then.
1: All right, ciao, baby. <laughs>